If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host Eddie Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for subscribing, and thank you for checking it out each and every week. As I tell you every week, all the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation, and heard live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, nightly re-airs at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific, or full shows, interviews, audio, video, and more anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. If you're in the U.S. or Canada and you're only listening to this podcast, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on the radio each and every day, I hope you come on board and join me. Be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page for all sorts of info and updates. And hey, if you're in Detroit or the Chicago area, come and see me this weekend, Friday. I'm at Diesel in Detroit. Saturday, I'm at the Vixen Theater in McHenry, Illinois, doing my speaking Q&A show. Special guests on both dates as well. Hope you come out and join me for those speaking shows this weekend, Friday in Detroit at Diesel, Saturday, McHenry, Illinois at the Vixen Theater. Should be a fun couple of gigs there. I'll be sharing 40 years of rock and roll stories with you guys. Can't wait to get into it. Uh, Social media, like I said, at Eddie Trunk. That's where you get the info and the updates, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. And a big thank you to everybody who joined us for our debut YouTube show, That Rocks, a new show that I'm doing with my old That Metal Show partners, Don Jameson and Jim Florentine. It's live on YouTube, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to subscribe at That Rocks on YouTube. And of course, if you can't watch it live, you can go to YouTube and watch it anytime you want. A lot of good stuff going on as we head into the summer. Before you know it, it'll be here and uh, concerts and stuff to cover and artists to talk to, interviews to bring you. We'll bring them to you here on the podcast. And of course, analysis and interviews every day on the Sirius XM radio show. This week, an interview that happened a few weeks ago on that show with Jason Newstead, former bassist of Metallica. Jason moved away from doing metal for a while. He sent me a text, told me he was getting back into doing a metal show with his old band, simply called Newstead. 
And he told me he wanted to come on and talk about it. And I said, of course, let's do that. Right now, that upcoming show is a one-off date in Florida, but there's a possibility he'll do more somewhere down the line. Jason Newstead uh, was also at the center of all of the Van Halen talk when he revealed that he was contacted about a possible Van Halen tribute show or tour. And Jason, for the first time, really, since that all blew up, elaborates on that in the interview you're about to hear as well. Here it is, Jason Newstead, former Metallica bassist, in a recent interview from my radio show Trunk Nation on Sirius XM. Check it out. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Now we've got another guest for you today, and I'm excited to talk to this guy and really excited that he has come back to the metal world. Welcome back to metal and welcome to Trunk Nation, our old buddy Jason Newstead. Jason. Ed, how are you, bud? I am good, man. You know, I am so happy when you texted me the flyer for the uh, show you're going to do May 20th in Fort Lauderdale. And it's exactly like a number of years ago, you sent me a t-shirt that said, listen to metal. And it was all the same signs and language and branding and everything. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Jason's full back. Um, this is awesome. Tell me how you arrived at coming back almost full circle to your old band. Uh, kind of by happenstance and how we keep chasing it for fun. You know, that's always been our thing playing with whoever, whenever. And, um, uh, at about a year ago at this time, the Chop House Band played at the Maltz Theater in Jupiter, Florida. And Jesus Mendez, a drummer from Newstead, and Jesse Farnsworth, a guitarist, guested at the end of that program. And they came over to HQ and we jammed a bit on the side. And I think that seed got replanted. And so I had to finish with the Chop House Band album, so I did that. And then got these guys back together a couple of weeks ago again. And it was like a little, uh, you know, epiphanous kind of trip. And it's uh, everybody smiling at each other and happy we're still alive and everything. So it's really mostly for this uh, feeling alive and marking a 10th anniversary and uh, being brothers again, you know. So is this a, what you're doing in Florida on May 20th at Revolution Live with this band? Is this a one-off thing or do you plan to continue it? It's this selfish thing, Ed, that I want to um, see if I can still do it. And uh, out there with my people and everything, I just thought I'd give it a shot. And these guys, you know, they're going, yeah, come on, buddy, let's do it, let's do it. Um, I've lived in Florida for 25 years. I've only ever um, done the acoustic stuff as any kind of public performance. I've never done metal in a uh, – even the private kind of thing, neighborhood thing was always uh, private. So this is the first time that I reached out to anybody in the circles of people that have come to the art shows and stuff like that. Um, and I said, where's the cool place to play? And they pointed me to Revolution, and we checked it out. And I talked to some folks there, and they said, by all means, dude, bring it down here. And I talked to Jesus and Jesse, and I'd been auditioning guitar players. You sent me a text. 
and a, a film of one of your guys there playing guitar um, back in February, I think it was. And yeah, because so the word was out. Talk. You were looking for people. Yeah. Yeah. So we found a guy um, from Caracas, uh, Venezuela. Now he's up in West Palm for a little while. Uh, Umberto Perez. And he's a good player. You know, Mike Newshot can't be in it because Dane's got their plate full right now and he's doing his thing. So uh, we're just is a one off thing for fun to mark the time, to mark the date, to show that we're alive. And whoever's lucky enough to be there, that is the deal right there. But if it feels good and you get the itch, is it something you're open to consider considering to keep doing? I um, like the idea of a possible reissue or something of the heavy metal music uh, LP original LP uh, for the 10 year thing, possibly. Um, and so if these kind of seeds are planted and the reaction that we get on that night, and if I get my, you know, engine all churned up again, who never knows what can happen, you know? Um, but I don't want to say never on any of it. I really have been enjoying it. Uh, I got to say that, you know, we've been friends long enough that the chop house thing has been for decades, man, that I've played different shows with different players of all different, you know, talents and styles mm -hmm. and instruments. Um, and the culmination was making that record. Um, and let's see, finished in November. So I think it went May of 2022 to November of 22 to make the chop house album after, you know, 30 years of jamming it and just picked like 12 songs, recorded 25 and I think ended up finishing 12. So that's just kind of hanging out there waiting to see what we're going to do with that. But I had to finish that before I step into the heavy again. There was a really, really important culmination thing happening there. Yeah. Well, and I, I got to tell you, man, I can't believe that you're saying this now, but so since you started the Newstead thing and the metal thing, that's been 10 years already. Yeah, dude. When you and I hang out about um, 10 years ago this month, I think it was in Los Angeles uh, when we were doing maybe like the Roxy or something. It was yeah. right around here, wasn't it? It was like right yeah, around that, here. That's nuts that that's 10 years, man. That I can't believe that. I mean, it feels like just a few years ago. It's crazy to me. I can't believe yeah. it. Like I said, I still have yeah. the shirt because it just said, listen to metal. I used to wear it all the time. And I was like, right. that's not that long ago. It's frigging 10 years. <laughs> that's nuts. Look ah, back to when it. you used that shirt for your for your front page for a couple of weeks. Look back to yeah. that date. It's got to be summer of thirteen, right? Gosh, that's crazy. So you, for people that don't recall that whole um, history, there, you 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 jumped back into fronting and doing metal under the name just your last name Newstead. You initially came with an EP, then the full album. And you were you were all in. You were at the performances. You were at the award shows. You, all of that. And then to a lot of people, it seemed like you just it just evaporated. Like one day you woke up and you shut that whole thing down and went and did something else. Can you talk about why you stopped doing it initially? I think I should have asked for more help. <clears throat> now that I look back, you know, twenty twenty hindsight. Um, I really, um, I've worked hard to protect the legacy, as it were, I guess, if that's the term. Um, it's important as an outsider, insider, and otherwise, uh, for the opportunity that I've been given. Um, I try to be really careful about what moves I make. 
I really didn't want to coattail anything from anywhere. And I want to do my own thing and try to do a Chop House Records and my own stuff and wear so many hats so many different times. Um, I jumped into uh, Echo Brain Project, was something that was kind of already assembled. Uh, Voivod, obviously, was already very assembled. Um, and the Newstead Band was a fresh thing, a fresh thing. I think that's probably, since Flotsam, that's the only thing I've been a founder of since that time. Um, I didn't want to ask for help from the people that I could have. And I think that's probably what it comes down to. It would just so would was have it been better for my head and my overall if I could have wore less hats and been able to concentrate more on my show. So was it more challenging than you thought it would be to get something new like that off the ground? I think that it could have been um, really kind of, I don't want, almost an in-stride type of thing could have happened because of the initial reaction in Europe and stuff. Uh, but I tried to keep doing it myself and yeah, have all the answers for everybody myself, and it just was too much, just too much. So it's not something, I mean, if I really could have offloaded some of that and put it on somebody else comfortably, I guess that's what it comes down to. Who do you get to speak for you, Ed, when you're not there to speak for yourself? You know, so, so, this, is a yeah. big, this is a big thing we're talking about. So, yeah, so for you, it was just, you You just realized it was all too much at the time, and it was just, you did, it wasn't, sounds to me like you're saying it, What you, you realized you really didn't set it up properly, and it was all too daunting, and you just kind of, was there a day where you just woke up and you said, I'm just going to shut this down right now? I mean, is that essentially what happened? Can you talk about that decision? Because you were full on for a while, and then it just kind of went away very quickly. I think it has a lot to do with the grand delusion um, that, you know, being thrown to what I was and then, and get to that place, climb the highest mountain, come back and try to be any kind of normal and get your head around what the hell's going on. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it really is. And I mean, I'm not alone in it, of course, but it is a lot for anyone. Um, so within that delusion, uh, I think I stepped right, you know, right back. I thought I was going to be able to pop right back and it was going to be cool. The way that I had ever knew, known was certainly quite, a smooth ride for me, uh, contrary to what a lot of people hear in myth and legend and hearsay or whatever. But, uh, you know, my roles in the big band were uh, throwing down live at priority above way, priority above woe. And then the other things that come on the plate with the band, the videos and the thing and the thing, uh, photos and stuff. Um, just a different kind of comfort level in a huge outfit like that. And that's what I knew. And I thought because of that name and because of what we'd done or I'd been a part of something that was done, uh, I could kind of coast on that thing somehow when I stepped back in 10 years later, 13, how many ever it was. Um, and the world changes, and especially the rock thing and metal thing and show business in general. I mean, 13 years, shit, what about 13 minutes, 13 weeks, what happens? So coming back into it with the old school mentality and only what I know or had known, if you think about it, um, I went from basically driving my own truck with my SVT in the back to flying around with those guys in about three weeks' time. 
um, back in 86. You know, I never uh, really had the bus thing, and that came later on in Europe with those, with uh, James and those guys. You know, I never right. really had the van and the bus thing working up to the big time or nothing. I went boop to boop like that. So the delusion right. is insane. And so now that, uh, you know, I got some guys around me that really care about playing and just, you know, fuck, man, firing it up again. It's just incredible. You know, I got to I got to say, I, I, you, I really respect and appreciate what you're saying right now, because you're you're being incredibly honest, because I talk about this all the time with my audience. There's a perception that if you were ever a member of a big band and of course you were a member and a big part of one of the biggest bands in the world in Metallica, but there is this perception that so many fans have that if you ever made a record or were in a band and made videos and toured, that if you step out of that band, that the, all of those people come with you and it's a cakewalk and it's the history. Like you said, you're far from the only one history has shown that is just not the case. I mean, you know, slash outside of guns and roses doesn't do close to the business that GNR does. I mean, there's a million examples of it, but what you know what if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, you kind of thought that a little bit more of that was going to come your way than it actually did. And once you got into it, you're like, wow, there's a you know I'm I'm kind of building from the ground up here again, and it became a little daunting. Am am I reading what you're saying right? Yeah, for sure. That I got into the reality of it, step out of the delusion, and be forced to be into the reality of it, and as opposed to the surreality that I've lived in for so freaking long, and still do quite a bit. You know, and that's all. But you're mostly right about what you said. I think that, uh, you know, there's exception maybe with the person that's the voice of the band that that often can go some other way and they can maybe get away with some career thing for a little bit. Um, but unless you're the main songwriter or that main voice or main face, that's kind of tough to do, even though, you know, like you were speaking of, it's a, it's a big thing. Um, However, there I, ha I don't follow a lot of the social media stuff and all those things lately. But when people bring things to me and show me, and Jay, you really should see this for a second, um, it's always very loyal and, um, uh, you know, looking out for me type of thing and, and really mad respect shown from people. And that, that makes me feel like I did something right. So I know I'm not wrong about that part. But the part about thinking that the world's this cakewalk or something just because you were involved in something a while ago, that's kind of silly. You know, it doesn't make sense. And I want to I want to finish uh, answering your question you asked a minute ago so I could kind of get through that. Um, the Newstead thing, we did quite well um, just with our club thing in the States to get it all fired up. And it was so haphazard the way it was uh, licensed and released in different countries and different things through time. There was no real focused release because I didn't know any better. I had my a lot of irons in the fire and just trying to make it happen and make the songs happen and everything. Um by the time we got to Europe, that went really well because we got some great spots on some great festivals, you know, a download and um, some, all the big ones really that year. Uh, it's a great, um, well, the best part of it for me was the uh, outpouring of respect from the upcoming bands. And that was just, that was really made me feel great. Uh, so that part is all intact. I feel there's still honesty within that. As we went through and planned to go up to the Australian, we go to Australia and Singapore and something else, um, Pacific Rim, uh, for the big day out. It was coming around February 2014. And the organization-wise, it just wasn't something that I was going to take my boys 
all the way around the world to I just didn't have answers enough to meet where are they staying, where are they playing, when are we playing, who are we playing with those it was always just such a moving target, and I could not commit to that and so that's kind of what was the drop that put the bucket over. And I told the guys, I just need a minute now. You know, we canceled those shows. And I said, I just need a second to see, you know, figure out what we're going to do. Um, at that point, I'd already written the whole, what I thought was going to be the second album and stuff was already done. Uh, it's still just sitting there. But the songs that have been written now, 10 years later, are quite a bit different than those. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's really the reason, ultimately, that I had to do it. Um, I just give it a pause and then that life got in the way and then we do what we did. But uh, I feel... It was a victory. Um, we played hard. We practiced hard. We presented well. So I feel good about that. Do you do you have a desire to do address those songs that didn't come out, or maybe even write new ones? Do you have a desire to make new music with the Newstead with Newstead? Uh, at the show coming up here in a month or so, um, we're just playing a couple songs off of the stuff that everybody's already heard. Um, most of it's all new. So I'm asking oh, a lot right? of people again, now that they had 10 years to learn the songs, I'm not going to play them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just really trying to have some fun with this. I got to tell you, I, I hope, well, if somebody steals the idea, I guess what the fuck. Um, I had an idea to do this. Uh, it was like, I'm not going to call it Motorhead cover band, but because uh, it's, it's not their songs. Um, but my own songs dialed in with that and all around the bass with a trio and picking you get okay there's three filthy animal drum beats you get to pick one of them and then make the song and you get to pick the other <laughs> one and make the song get to pick it. and i go around revolve that and write six or nine songs in a row off of those drum beats with the basses the first instrument melting and uh get some people around and just blast it super loud so i had this idea of writing um you know we're here on the water and so i write about what's going by and we started to name things like uh, instead of iron fist we have iron fish <laughs> and, you know, there's just certain silly crap. Okay. I'm just letting you know, that's where it started with this noisy new thing, like the new songs that are happening now. They're not intricate, like the Newstead album. They're more like Motorhead power forward, you know, three chords, just freaking go and go fast a lot of time. And that's where I am with this. This is like a, an outing to try to have as much fun as possible while I still can. How about that? <laughs> uh, and you, and you're and speaking of fun you, and, and what you're talking about for those names, you're, you're in Florida for all these years and you're, you're looking around Florida. You got a lot of reptiles there. So you could easily do love me like a reptile. <laughs> We're, we are going to play that. And if I remember, I'll call it out for you that night. How about that? That's one I'm going to give away. How about that? <laughs> well, if I can make it to Florida on May 20th, I would love to see this. And I hope I can tell you, honestly, man, I got, I got excited when I first heard that you were going to get back into doing this a little bit. And then I, uh, you sent me the graphic and I got excited and I'm hearing about the show and I, I firmly hope that it leads to more. I mean, I hope it gets your juices going to maybe make a record or maybe do a few more of these. Cause I know there's a lot of fans uh, that would love to come out, especially in a club like that. You know, have a few beers, having some fun, playing a few covers, playing some new mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, that would be that. That sounds like an awesome night, and I hope you get to do more of it. It is um, something I want to talk about. We, we touched on a little bit earlier about the you know the years that go by. We're both kind of gobsmacked about that that the decade has gone by, and, and saying how much things have changed or something like that. Um, when you try to get out there and compete. 
But, you know, there's some incredible things that come with that decade if it has this type of reputation, uh, this type of respect. You know, um, there's that many more years go by for people to be convinced by it, to be convinced by the work, to be to see what it really takes to be something like that. You know, and so what I'm really trying to do here is that people could show me things on the Internet all day long about people. They're great or whatever. But until I see it for myself, I'm I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to let that delusion happen anymore. I have Mm -hmm. reasonable expectations about what goes on with the show. If seven people show up, I'm still going to scream the same. You know, like always, I'm going to have fun, man. That's it. You know, like I said earlier, whoever's lucky enough to be there, then they're lucky with me. You know, that's it. That's all I can say. There's good things that come from that time pass, too, because I'm still I mean, I feel like the growl of the instrument is still very present and the growl in my throat is still pretty present. Yeah, well, I, I have no doubt it's going to kill. And I think uh, I, 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 I'm, I can't speak for you, of course, and we don't know what's going to happen till after May 20th happens. But I got a feeling you're going to get full on back into it. I can just hear it in your voice. I think you're going to. I think those people are going to come out, fists in the air, and it's just going to be like a vibe. You're going to get a little taste of that again, and you're going to want you're going to want in. I'm not saying you're going to go tour the world, <laughs> but I got a feeling there's going to be more. I just I just do. I, maybe it's wishful thinking. I don't know, Jason. It's the same thing that happened. You know exactly the same type of trip when I went to play with those guys for their 30th anniversary, and all the people were so kind to me, so receptive and embracing. And if that happens again, dude, there's no telling. Really, truly, that's that's as that's as freaking straight as I can be. And when you're talking about those guys, of course, you're talking about your old band Metallica. What's your uh, what's your relationship like with them these days? Or do you keep up with them? Do, for instance, do you listen to the new record? Are you kind of checked out on everything? Where do you land on that? Um, text back and forth with Lars the last couple of days. Um, we try to stay in touch and uh, he and I do and talk about whatever he, he's interested in the art a lot. He's always been very supportive of that. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, but also with the music stuff. And I know that his sons, you know, I'm a fan of them and they're fans of my stuff. And that's a cool thing. just an incredible thing actually. Um, and I got nothing but mad respect. Ed, that's it. That's all. That's what I got. I'm, I just, am so freaking proud of those guys still cutting it like that, man. Come on now. And taking this big of a bite and, 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 pro- and going for shows all the way up through, what, fall of 24 or something? Freaking huge balls, dude. Incredible. I mean, yeah, how can I, you pl- applaud that? How can't you applaud that? I mean, that's. I agree. I said that the other day for those guys. And I just, you know, they just flew me down to Florida because they did a Megaforce tribute that they had me a part of, which was wonderful. And I, I got, I watched them, uh, I watched them sound check and rehearse the night before. And, you know, Lars is coming over to me, shaking out his arms. And Kirk's coming up to me, goes, fuck, I can't remember what I played back then. And it's like, you know, we're, we're all 58, 59, 60 years old now. And they're like, but the fact that they're still going for it and they're making records like they're making after all these decades, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's 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 a remarkable thing. I don't know how you can't be impressed by it, anybody for that matter. It's just amazing. No doubt, it's just a, yes, absolutely. I always surprised, you know. Um, it was obviously meant to be. Who has this kind of staying power? I mean, it's such a unique thing. 
such a unique thing. Have you ever had a, a conversation with Robert about the stuff he plays of yours? Has he ever spoken to you about it and, and like his approach to playing it live versus how you recorded it? You guys ever compared notes? Uh, we haven't ever really had conversations with that kind of detail before. No, no. I just, you know, they sound killer right now. They did. They have for a while live. I mean, they've got a great thing going, man, for real. Just it sounds killer. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. I've seen them recently and it's, it's remarkable. And the last thing before I let you go, and I don't know what you do or don't want to say about this, but I know this became a huge story, the whole Van Halen thing when it came out. And I know you initially wanted to come on at the time and address some of that. And then you decided to just kind of lay low about it. After it all came out, you were more than I don't know if the word vindicated is right about it because Michael Anthony talked about it on my show. Satriani talked about it on my show. So obviously it was a thing, but is there anything you want to say about that and how it came out? I never meant any disrespect to any of my heroes. I would never do anything intentionally like that. There's nothing in it for me. People speak about what he was trying to get attention for a, something i mean that what what <laughs> you know that uh, i'll say this uh rusty yeah sitting comfortable down by the water right here buddy rusty going into an interview trusting mistakenly of what i talk about and just out of step you know Think about the days when we do literally, literally hundreds of interviews in a month to promote a record on the road here, there, whatever, whatever language. When you get on your toes about that, you know it very well. When you get on your toes about that, that's that. When you're just talking friendly with people and you don't know whether the camera mic is on or otherwise, you talk about how's the fishing over there and they say something about this and then that's that. And instead of what gets supposed to be promoted they pick up on that sensationalizing. And I, I'm not that ignorant, but I made that mistake. But there's never, no disrespect. It's only mad respect for those guys. And I still have, uh, my bedroom's intact in Michigan, right at my dad's house and uh, from my 16 year old <laughs> bedroom. And uh, like, a, like a lot, you know, lock in time. And my Eddie poster's still up. And that's what's real. So just to ever get the call from Joe to begin with, I had to sit down. I'm like, who's fucking with me right now? Who's actually making this call? <laughs> right. So, so to, to speak out of turn like that, I felt horrible. Right. No, but you, you know, you're right though, man, that's the world. I mean, I run into it all the time. I mean, you're in a, we're in a time now you talk about the old days of doing interviews versus now. I mean, there's everybody is, especially these up and coming people or people with podcasts looking to get traction. They're all looking for that clickbaity type thing. And you see it all the time. And uh, especially, as you said, you were out of the loop doing interviews and whatever you might, you know, you might've trusted someone you shouldn't. I mean, I'm a guy, I've been doing this 40 years. If somebody tells me something's off the record or not public, it never goes public, but you, you can't always trust in people to do that. And I'm not, I don't know exactly the situation you were in, but I see that happen all the time. That's not unusual, unfortunately. Right. And it's certainly not the first time it's ever happened to me either. But when, 
when it's that uh, magnified because I don't do very many interviews. And now I, I go into promote mode to try to make money for that. What was that time? The art, the art school being built over there for those kids. You know, that's all I was doing, man. I put myself, so I don't have to reach in my pocket. I could go in there and go and pay for the thing. That's not the point. It's like, I'm trying to give my services or what I can do without having to do that. Like showing that I have something that's more valuable to bring in money and instruments for them. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. That's the only reason I even agreed to the freaking interview. But right. when people bring up other things, I'm honest. I tell them what happened, you know, and that just happened to be a highlight of that last, whatever, 30 days or 40 days leading up to that thing. What, you know what? Actually, it was like seven months. Now that I think about it, because it was <laughs> August of whenever I talked initially with them. And then that was April by the time I came to that interview or something. So half a year had went by. It just happened to and, be on the list of the calls that I received in 20-whatever years, man. And here's the thing, Jason. You and I are both, and most of the people listening to this, are huge Van Halen fans. Here, here's, the, here's the real problem. Here we are two years after losing Eddie, and there still hasn't been an event. And I've had Sammy on this show and Michael and everyone else, and they all agree there should be. But the but how there hasn't been some sort of tribute, you know, we just lost lost Jeff Beck. A couple months later, we have coming up Royal Albert Hall, two nights in honor of Jeff. Tragically, Taylor Hawkins. A couple months later, here's two events in two countries for Taylor. So be above and beyond all of this, I speak for many Van Halen fans when it's that it's maddening that it's so hard for this one to happen. And as Wolf has said. And Wolf said this publicly, and he said it on this show. People would realize the level of dysfunction in my dad's old band. And it, I, I guess this all plays into it, because at the end of the day, we just want something to celebrate a guy that was a hero to so many. Did Taylor or Jeff Beck form and play in one of the biggest American bands of all time with their brother? With their brother, no. Okay. Oh, no, and didn't that's form, all, right. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> At the end of the day, would you like to be, would you like to still see it happen? And if it did, would you like to still be part of it? And I want to, I want to make sure that I'm clear on what I just said. I wasn't, I was not contributing to the dysfunction statement. I was saying that if you come up, your whole life looking up to your brother and then he's taken early after the conquering that you have done in the universe not just going to come around the next fucking day and say I'm going to go play you know, the songs that I made with him you know if it happens and it is the right thing in the universe for Alex and his heart then so be it it's mm -hmm. not for us to say. We have to embrace everything that they have done just like we do. Okay, but let's not try to create something that's not there. And let's show respect to this guy's legacy is the word again. All right? Just, it's too important. It's way more his heart, his feelings, all the things that have taken place with them in their lives. That only they know. Think about that. Right. For for him to come back out and go, hey, let's all freaking party. 
Right. You know, if it if he decides and it's going to come that way, and we get to line up those nineteen greatest guitarists that are breathing and all that shit in order to fill the no, in order to fill half of one of the shoes of that guy, then so be it. But if not, then let's just turn up the whichever's your favorite album, man. Just crank that up and do your thing and live through that and let Eddie live through that and let Alex live through that. You know, what is your favorite to, Van Halen album? I'm curious. He has to live through it different than any of us, man. No, that, yeah, that's a valid point. You're right. And sometimes as fans, we for, we forget that. I'm curious, what is your favorite Van Halen album, Jason? First one. If not first the first. One, everyone would say the first. Outside of the first, what's your favorite? Well, there's a, there's a lot of reason, though, that um, I was 14 years old and bought um, Van Halen 1 and Rush All the World's Estate at the same time on a, on a field trip with a church group. And, and then when everybody else was sleeping, I went and snuck downstairs and broke into the audio-visual room and got out the old um, record player with the gray fuzzy turntable, you know, yeah. like the <laughs> yes, mono speaker, yes. and, and, and put on play. the first thing. They had a half, <laughs> half a gymnasium, and I put the Van Halen crank as loud as that thing would go. What's the first song, first side? Running with the Devil in the basement of, of that church, okay? And it was just a bass note. Okay, and I'd already wanted to be, I was already started learning bass a little bit at that time. 14 was when I started. And that would, the world changed. The sky <laughs> opened up. So what happened in that time, no, none of us had ever heard anything like that before when eruption came. What the, are you kidding? Come on, man. We were there, I was there in the weeks it came out. That was, that's why it's real. So if I have to go to another one, uh, and. I probably just go women and children. I just go to the next one, I guess. I kind of two. I mean, yeah, I maybe stopped after. Um, what's women and children first? Three. Yeah, I love women and children. I think that's the I think that's, that's probably the, the next one for me. Guitar players tend to go to Fair Warning because they love the sound and what that brown sound that he was developing and all that. But I love women and children. I I can remember. I was in high school, nineteen eighty. I can remember getting that record. I think women and children is. If there's such a thing as an underrated, I think it's underrated. There's so many. I mean, Fools is on there in a simple rhyme. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody wants some. Cradle will rock. God, Romeo Delight. Oof. Kill it. It's brilliant. You put your, put the needle down anywhere and you can't go wrong. It's just, it's brilliant. That's all there is to well, it. That's I how hope... deep it goes. That's how deep it goes. Yeah. I mean, to kind of wrap up this part of the conversation, that's how deep it goes for me to be asked that thing and that they get that call and then to have people make a big deal of it or whatever, cause I misspoke. So that's how much it means to me. All right. And I would never, I would never want to uh, disrespect any of that. Of course. Last thing. And I'll let you go. You mentioned your artwork. You sent me a book and you sent me a print a number of years ago. It was just fantastic. And again, I thank you for doing that. And I know it's still something that's a passion. You say you talk to Lars a lot about it still. How active are you still with painting? Uh, my wife, Nicole, and I just had our third dual show. Uh, we loaded out the first week of March. Um, and so I still sell some pictures every month. Uh, the gallery in New Jersey called Rome, R-O-A-M. And um, yeah, it's, it's still happening. I still make pictures all the time. I'm working in gouache right now. Um, there's, it's kind of crazy what has happened with it. I never would have expected it, but people seem to like it. And sometimes they 
pay a lot of money for them. And I just try to take the ride, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I see doing this stuff that are in music. I mean, I, I see Rick Allen all the time. I know Michael mm -hmm. Cardelloni does it in Skinner. I know Brian Wheaton Tesla is doing something now where he's painting on photos. There's uh mm -hmm. there's a, a Satriani's doing it. There's a lot of guys that are doing it and having a lot of success. Paul Stanley's been doing it for years. They have deals with these galleries. They go around and they, they show the art. Is, is it something that, would you think that you want to get it or go with it to that level where you do gallery openings and go around and like Rick tours all the time uh, doing galleries and stuff? Do you, do you would you like to do that at some point? Well, I've done a few, um, I guess probably five. Um, one in um, Switzerland and four different places in the states. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's there's similarities, there's common threads uh, because of show business and all that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I think it's more ruthless than music, actually. Really? And I'd rather I don't know. I like to lay low in it. I really kind of hermitize when it comes down to it. If I have to come out for the opening to talk to the people, I feel I'm okay, pretty good at that. So come out and do it. But otherwise, I just try to you know, make sure they have the pictures they need to sell and. Kind of keep it cool. Any any real big pennies that I've sold have been through private uh, appointments at my studio. But getting all the way into it, it kind of depends um, on who I have as my company and representative. Once again, touching back on what we talked about earlier, who do you have to speak for you when you're not not there? You know, the music can do the talking for itself. Paintings can speak for themselves too. But then when somebody tries to sell them, they have to speak intelligently about them. So that's that's a challenge. Is there anywhere online that people can see your artwork and buy it if they wanted to? Do you have a, a listing somewhere on, on a website or anything? So if you just look up Rome Gallery, R-O-A-M, they have, there's a whole new thing going there. And then there's, you know, Jason Newstead Art, and it's kind of all, it's all over the place. Just kind of punch in Jason Newstead Art, and you'll see all kinds of stuff. There's some murals that I've done down here in Florida and some, some big stuff, you know, 15 by 25 feet, giant stuff. <laughs> Well, listen, man, it's great catching up, and we remind everybody again, you can see Jason with the band simply called Newstead back in full metal form uh, happening Saturday, May 20th, and that's at Revolution Live in Fort Lauderdale. Tickets are on sale now. Jeez, I'm looking at the website, 27 bucks. I mean, can't even get a beer for that in some places. So we get people calling all the time, complaining about ticket prices and fees and all of that. Can't go wrong getting down there and seeing Jason for – less than 30 bucks if you go grab a ticket and you can get more information on the uh the website and jason's website which is what exactly uh um, just coming it just got it back up a couple of days ago it's newstead heavy metal still i just found it newsteadheavymetal.com is where you yeah. want to go and yeah. you can link yeah. to everything off of there listen man good luck with this if i if i find myself in florida around that time i'm definitely going to come i don't know if i don't think i will be but i i hope everybody does come i hope you have a, a great show there and i i truly hope it gets you gets the juices flowing for you to do more because it's great to have you out there doing this thanks eddie you're always welcome man you're always welcome to come down just let us know and uh, tickets go on sale friday 10 a.m eastern time okay and is that through the website or Ticketmaster or saw all all of those things yep live nation Ticketmaster, that whole thing yep Okay, cool. So yeah, you can go to Ticketmaster or again off the website and there's also the website for the venue 
is jointherevolution.net. I'm looking at that right now. Listen, man, um, have a great show. Best to you and the family. You know where to get me if you need anything, and thanks for the time today. We all always appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Be good out there. All right, you too. Take care, bro. See you. See you. There he goes, everybody. Jason Newstead checking in. Well, great to visit with Jason. Some interesting thoughts from him there on Van Halen, among other things. Metallica, of course, and getting back into doing metal with his band, Newstead. I thank him for the time. Hopefully he'll do more than just that one show in Florida. We'll find out soon enough once that takes place. Thank you so much for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Much appreciated. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a new episode every Thursday. And be sure to listen to my daily radio show, Trunk Nation, Sirius XM Channel 103, Faction Talk, live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern, nightly re-airs at midnight Eastern, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. And be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. If I don't catch you on the radio, catch you back here next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today.